0: We will hand it over to Dr. Farré. Thank you. Or maybe. (laughs) I'm too fast for (laughs) you, Jen. So thank you everyone for allowing me to speak. Um, I don't like pretend to be an expert on this, and I'm sure there's a lot that you all could teach me, but hopefully I try to focus what I talk on to be useful to to everyone. so I'm, I'm going to give a talk on domestic or intimate partner violence. Um, I'm going to speak only concerning violence against women. So I'm, I won't be covering child abuse, elder abuse, which you know certainly deserve their own presentations. I also haven't gone into anything about like rape or the date rape, date rape drugs, which are kind of related to domestic violence. Um, I tried to focus that and just you know violence against women again i'm not saying that men don't also experience domestic violence but i didn't cover that um so i'll go over some statistics that probably everyone has heard but i think it's good to be reminded um some implications of of intimate partner violence and then some treatment and prevention strategies just briefly. So definition, intimate partner violence, the CDC defines this as abuse or aggression that occurs in a close relationship. And then this can manifest itself um, through physical violence, hitting, kicking, punching, um, sexual violence, um, coercion of any sexual act against one's will, stalking, and then psychological aggression, which is kind of what Colloquially, is you know emotional abuse, gaslighting, that sort of thing. So again, some statistics because you know I think they're pretty impressive in that they're pretty grim. Um, I'll just go through these briefly. Around the world, at least one in every three women has been beaten, coerced into sex, or otherwise abused during her lifetime. Um, that number, like depending on the source can be greater or fewer. Um, but it's it's about one in three women. Um, domestic violence is the leading cause of injury to women, more than car accidents, muggings, and rapes combined. Um, domestic violence tends to peak in like younger years and it um diminishes as as one gets older. So this next bullet point, nearly one in five teenage girls who have been in a relationship said a boyfriend threatened violence or self-harm. So it's definitely something that we see in a younger population. Um, Every day in the United States, more than three women are murdered by their husbands or boyfriends. And then just like a practical sort of um, you know, money, money talks, domestic violence victims lose nearly 8 million days of paid work per year, the equivalent of 32,000 full-time jobs. So I thought that was interesting. Um, Intimate partner violence affects, um, you know, all races, ethnicities, socioeconomic backgrounds, but unfortunately, minority women experience this at higher rates than um, others. And then other risk factors include the lower socioeconomic status, exposure to adverse child experiences, being younger, like I mentioned earlier, and and also being unemployed. Um, So why I'm kind of interested in this, um, besides being female, Um, There's a significant relationship in those who have suffered domestic violence and mental health. Um, It's estimated, again, by the CDC that over half of women seen in, you know, outpatient clinics, a PES clinic or um, setting inpatient will have been abused or currently being abused by an intimate partner. Um, Not only that form of abuse, but often other types of abuse. Uh, putting them overall at greater risk for physical and mental health sequelae. And I always like, this is a, something I always like to point out that I think like in the media, we think those suffering from mental illness are, are the perpetrators of bad and scary things. But this, um, you know, those suffering from mental illness have a higher likelihood of victimization. And this is certainly evidence of that. Um, so Continuing on with the relationship to mental health, current and or past abuse is a significant factor in the exacerbation of psychiatric disorders, and it would influence the course and recovery for mental illness. Um, and it just, it mentions, um, and by it, I mean, again, most of my information is coming from the CDC. There are significantly higher risk, uh, these ladies from, for depression, anxiety, PTSD, somatization, which is like experiencing anxiety or other mental issues through your body, Um, medical problems, substance abuse, and suicide attempts. Um, So despite this being like a significant problem, the needs of victims of intimate partner violence often go unmet, and there's, you know, many, many reasons for this, but some that I have listed here is a lack of universal screening. There's a stigma. There's still quite a bit of shame um, for victims of domestic violence and fear of retaliation from their abusers. These are some of the reasons that um, it's kind of difficult to identify and then treat or help these, these ladies. Um... So I don't. This slide is not coming up. I'm not sure why, but um, I just wanted to mention in this that there are, in, in addition to mental health complications, there are a multiple um, there are multiple physical complications that can be seen with domestic violence um, beyond like what I think you stereotypically think of um, broken bones and black eyes that type of thing. Ladies that suffer domestic violence are at increased risk for um, TBIs, as well as um, uh, pregnancy complications. They have a higher rate of HIV-AIDS, so there's a lot of physical health complications in addition to the mental health complications that we see in in victims. So, again, I I wanted to make it kind of useful for everyone. this I got from the domestic violence hotline. These were things that they suggested that if you encounter a lady that you think um, may be experiencing domestic abuse, um, you know, these would be practical things that she could do prior to, to leaving her abuser. Um, I won't read all of them, but there's, you know, keeping a journal go to a, an emergency room and make and have documentation of your injuries. Um, and then some are more kind of long-term planning, like acquire job skills um, or college courses, kind of, again, in preparation to being able to live independently from your abuser. Um, moving on to if, if a victim decides to actually leave, you know, these would be things that she would need to make sure that she has a uh, driver's license, um, credit cards, et cetera. And so <clears throat> after after she would leave, this is more um, addressing the stalking portion of intimate partner violence, things that you we could suggest for these ladies, changing locks and phone numbers, getting caller ID, um, You know, unfortunately, some of these are pretty drastic and certainly um, inconvenient to the woman changing routes that you drive. Um, And then it mentioned and obviously there's restraining orders, which that's I was going to maybe talk about that, but I'm sure you guys know a lot more than I do. And that's it was complicated for me. so identification and recovery. So how do we, as at least from my perspective as like a healthcare provider, how do we identify these ladies? Um, and given the high prevalence, it's, it's not, um, it wouldn't be a bad idea to ask every la- every female that we see in a clinical setting, are you a victim of abuse? It's something I haven't, I haven't done thus far in my practice, but I'm, I'm, you know, they, I will probably incorporate it more now. Um, and then if you do identify someone who has been a victim, um, just treat it. Like usually they'll present with signs of depression or PTSD or anxiety and addressing just the symptomatology alone isn't going to be most beneficial to her. Um, addressing like the source of the abuse and then the appropriate therapy in addition to you know, medications for depression or anxiety would be um, the best thing for her. Um, This is something, like, we can, I think we can all do if we can. uh, I'm sure if you guys are out, like, in the field, um, it would be more difficult. But, you know, it's always good to interview these women or anyone you suspect of intimate partner violence in private, Um, you know, do a risk assessment just like we do with, with all our patients or clients. Um, and then use empathic or non-judgmental language. And I'm not very good at this, so I have, an, I have a slide. Um, so things that would be identified as deficit-based language would be, um, you know, wife-beating, anger issues, and words that we can use instead to empower women and to make them feel less... Um, ashamed, intimate partner violence. Um, Don't use victim or battered woman. Use survivor. um, And don't, um, I guess, minimize her experience um, by saying things like it's a personal private matter or so you're here because you've been abused. Um, The domestic violence hotline recommends language like it's not your fault, that was a crime. And what you're describing sounds like abuse. It's not okay that he did those things to you. Um, So just you know, being sensitive. Hey, doc, can I add something in the slide that you had before when you talked about um, you want to put them in a private, in a you know, Mm -hmm. safe space? Right. I think as officers, we have to look to see what the male is doing, or Mm -hmm. you know, what other the other intimate partner is doing. Yeah. You know, are they watching them? Are they And then the victim is the victim answering your question, but looking at them. And we have to provide that safety. So if if you see that that's happening, you need to separate them so that you can get the full story. Because if not, you're going to get just half the story. Um, You're just going to have to separate them. Yeah. And there, like, I didn't want to get too much into it but they're at least for healthcare providers. The CDC provides like questionnaires that are like, can be super detailed or super kind of vague getting into, you know, yeah. Is your partner controlling you? Like, do you feel safe going home with your partner? Those types of things. So, but yeah, what you guys, I mean, you guys have a very unique like interview situation. Mm -hmm. So, um, this slide again, I'm not sure why it's not showing up. This was just, Numbers um, for the the domestic violence hotline. There's also a specific uh, number for veterans who are victims of abuse. Um, and then this is these are just where all my information came from. So again, largely from the CDC and other places.